had the video in between Krista and me. That's great. Um, anyways, we're glad that y'all are here tonight. I'm Rick Ivey. I'm one of the pastors, and uh, we are glad that you came here. I hope this will be something that you and your family will come and be a part of each and every year, having something that we can look forward to and that we can reflect back on at a certain time of year is such a, a gift. I don't know about you, but I've got my, my set of traditions, set of things that I do each and every year around this time. I've got my, my, Christmas, mu- my Christmas movies. Y'all probably have your favorites. I love the Christmas story. I love White Christmas. I love um, National Lampoons. It's really good. Love Die Hard. It's an excellent Christmas movie. Uh, and then, you know, there's always the food that you eat during the year. That this time of year, my wife likes to bake. She makes wonderful fudge. And, and, um, but each and every Christmas Eve, uh, my Christmas Eve, obviously, this is what I get to do. And um, I have a tradition. Usually, after the 11 o'clock service is over, I'm done around midnight, get home around 12.30. And what I like to do is have all my kids in bed. My wife usually is sound asleep by then. And I turn off the lights in the house, and I plug in the Christmas tree, and I eat some of my wife's chocolate chip cookies. And I, I just relax. And I remind myself of the amazing things that God has done for me throughout the year. That uh, each and every year I always look back and I'll say, you know, a year ago I, I never would have thought what happened was possible. And maybe that's the case for you this evening as well. That as you think back about your, this past year and you remember all the things that have happened, that you, you think to yourself, you know, I never would have predicted that that event would have happened or that something great happened or, or something tragic happened that you, you never quite know. And uh, I always remind myself in those evenings as I'm getting through my chocolate chip cookies, I think tonight I'm going to play the replay of this service and listen to Krista while I eat my cookies. But I always think to myself, you know, I just always am amazed by what God can make possible. This time last year, I was serving another church. I had no idea that I'd be moving to Beaumont and serving at this one. I never would have predicted um, the way that the world has changed in this past year. Never would have predicted how well the New Orleans Saints are playing this year. Never would have thought that or how good the Cowboys are doing or Texans. You know, y'all can pick your team, but I never would have guessed that. And and I lift that up to you because tonight's a a special night for a number of reasons, but, but more than anything, I just want to invite you all to recognize and to see that we we serve a God that can do the amazing, who has proclaimed over and over again to us that his might and his power and his majesty is able to do things that we never thought possible. And I'm going to read for you a story that you've probably heard a number of times, but I just want you to listen once more to this beautiful account of how the angels came to Mary and they, they made an amazing promise. It says in the Gospel of Luke, it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph, the house of David, and a virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou hast conceived in my womb, and bring forth a son, 
and shall call him his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who has been called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Can you imagine what, how hard it must have been to hear news like that? It's so fascinating to me to think about everything that was going on in that time. That you're talking about a time in which the ruler, the, the greatest authority, the king of that time, did the most atrocious things imaginable. Uh, he slaughtered an entire generation of kids. That not only were they living in that situation, but these were people that were desperate, that were hungry, that were longing, that were sighing for any kind of hope whatsoever. And many of them had probably given up. And yet you find people like Elizabeth, like Simeon, and like Mary, who are waiting expectantly for God to do the impossible. It is just so profound to me to think about in that time how cynical and how jaded and how sure everybody was thinking that things were only going to get worse. And yet these people that we find in the scriptures, they're hopeful, they're expectant, they're, they're expecting that God is going to do something amazing. What's also fascinating to me about Mary is that if you're familiar with the Bible, there's passages like when God speaks to Moses and through the burning bush and says, hey, I need you to go and set my people free. And Moses argues with God. If y'all know the story, he says, I'm a horrible speaker. You got the wrong guy. Find somebody else. And those are examples in the Old Testament like Jeremiah who weeps because of what God has called him to. And yet this teenage girl hears that she's going to bear the Messiah even though she had never done anything that would result in her being pregnant. And she says, sure, here I am. Send me. It's so impressive to me to think about that. Because in this day and age when we live in a time where people struggle, where people hurt, where many of you had a hard time showing up tonight because of what's going on in your life, that we are still a people that has such great and amazing hope because of what God has done in Jesus Christ. It's so powerful to think about the fact that that night when our Lord and Savior is born, the angels come to people who are shepherds, shepherds who are outcasts, who are living on the fringes of society that aren't respected, and yet that's exactly who God picks to announce the coming of his son. And, and I don't know who it was that told you about Jesus Christ. It's probably somebody like a shepherd. Somebody who wasn't a great storyteller. Somebody who struggled to get the story across to you, yet somehow you found out about who Jesus was. And that's the world that we live in, this amazing world where God can use people like Simeon or Elizabeth Mary, shepherds, have such a huge impact in the world they're a part of.
Tonight, I invite you just to take a moment and to think about that beautiful miracle that happened that evening in Bethlehem. That we believe that that night, the Word of God became flesh and dwelled among us. That the Word, the spoken Word of God, became flesh. In the Greek, it's carne. We're in Texas, y'all all know. Carne, chili con carne, carne asada, flesh. That God's Word became flesh and dwelled among us. That he came to live into our world to save us and to redeem us. That more than just speaking over our lives or directing us or telling us something, he came and walked among us. That he came and lived among us. And that in his life, he not only taught us the great gospel of love, but he was willing to go and suffer the kind of ways that we suffer. He was betrayed and hurt in similar ways that you and I struggle each and every day. And that he died upon the cross for our salvation. And in the resurrection, we have hope of life and life eternal. And tonight, maybe it is that you're short on that kind of faith, faith that can believe things like virgin births or resurrections. But what I invite you to do is just to open your heart up and let go, just tonight, let go to release all the things that you hold within your heart that are keeping you from simply accepting this great gift that God has put before you this evening. This wonderful truth of who Jesus is, of God's great love, and just accept and receive that this evening. And I, and I want you just to take a moment tonight. We're going to take some time here in a moment to just be silent. And maybe it is that you've got something coming up in the next three months that you really need to talk to God about. Or maybe it is that you need to pause like I do each year and just reflect on everything that has happened this year and to give thanks for God, to God for, for all that you have. Whatever the case might be, I just invite you to, to let go for just a moment. Set aside your worries and your concerns and just receive this powerful message of a God who loves us so dearly and so greatly that he's willing to give us his son. Come and be flesh among us, to be near us, to redeem each of us. Will you pray?